This is the Business Stuff Podcast. This is where I will share the lessons I've learned from advising thousands of businesses over almost 30 years. Each episode will give you practical insight to allow you to learn from other people's mistakes. I'll be pulling in experts from our team and the world of business, and together we'll make sure your business is giving you what you want. My name is Martin, and this is the Business Stuff Podcast. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Business Stuff Podcast. I'm here with Nick Atkinson from Intelligentsia Training. Correct. Hi, Nick. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. You're here to tell us about why apprenticeships are not just for school leavers, but also we're going to throw in a £2 billion figure here of waste within mm. the um, apprenticeship scheme. So we'll come on to that. Um, but So do you want to just tell us, give, give us the quick 30-second rundown on what you're doing We're a a very specialist training provider that operates in a real niche area. So we train people working within the intelligence community, so counter-terrorism teams, the law enforcement community, government agencies, but banks, insurance companies, local authorities in either intelligence, counter-fraud, risk, sort of the whole security type sort of bespoke ID. Theft protection, passwords. There's a lot of that, yeah. 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 A lot of it's you know cyber related, but the majority of it is around use of information to make better decisions and right. reduce okay. fraud. So that's, that's your background, but you're not you're not here to pitch intelligence training. Absolutely. If you not. want that, I'm sure Nick's not going to say no. So if you're a large entity who's got that, then then reach out. We're here to talk about apprenticeships though, because because a lot of your training is presumably offered via apprenticeships. So as a result of that, you became pretty knowledgeable on the apprenticeship schemes and how they work. Is it worth just stating where we are and how we got here, it, apprenticeships generally? Because yeah. it's kind of like pre-2017, post-2017 is what yeah. you've said. Yeah. So back in 2017, the apprenticeship arena changed, where organisations with a salary bill of more than £3 million were forced to pay into a pot, a levy. And this just happens through the payroll, doesn't it? It does, yes. So if you've got a payroll with three million quid on, you're already paying this, and you have been since 2017. Correct. And the amount they pay is 0.5% of the total wage bill, which if you think of the NHS or, you know, a local authority... One of the biggest employers in the world, they're they're paying quite a bit in. You know, they're talking, you're talking millions and millions of pounds. Well, even on that three million quid, the entry level, I mean, if your maths is right, it's 150 grand. It's it's enough to employ six people on 25 grand, isn't it? Yeah, but there's still this, this stigma that apprenticeships are aimed at the traditional school leaver, little Johnny getting his first job as a an apprentice, yeah. you know, butcher, baker, candlestick maker scenario. So, so is 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 the because if you were playing into this and you didn't look into what you can actually use the money for, you might think, well, this is great, hundred and fifty grand we can draw down on, but we don't want to take on another six people, so. What can they do? Exactly, that's a great question. So again, one of the popular misconceptions is that you have to use it to recruit new bums on new seats. You don't. So it's not even Johnny, it's not Johnny's dad. It doesn't have to be a new recruit at you all. Can be you, the, one of the best ways of utilising that money and the majority of the organisations that we train, you know, within DWP and other government agencies and the law enforcement community, aren't using it to recruit new bums on new seats. They're using it as an upskilling opportunity to standardise, professionalise, formalise, accredit yeah. the training that their staff, um, you know, t- the work that they're doing to ensure that everybody's working to a consistent level. Yeah. And that's one of the big things that I really do think larger organisations are still 
missing out on. And this is the two billion pound we, we, we well, yeah. like I kind of bled with, and because the way it works, how does it work? Yeah. Instead so of me trying to describe it, tell me how it works. So if an organisation has underspend on its levy, it doesn't spend it. It so, goes so, back. So, to- so I've got ten million pound payroll. I'm putting five hundred grand a year into this, or what, fifty yep. grand, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I've got a pot. That's my pot. It's your pot. You use I've, it or lose it. I've got a pot. If I don't use that to upskill or any of the things we're going to talk about, I lose that money. Correct. Goes back goes back to central government as, as a tax. Just stays in the treasury and Correct. you've lost it. And last year, there was an underspend of £2 billion went back to the treasury. So that's straight off the payroll bills of large business went Absolutely. back to government. Absolutely. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, to be honest, I think is, is ludicrous. You know, when yeah. organisations are claiming that they're, you know, they're struggling and in a recession, training is usually the first thing to go. And when yet, they've already spent the money, at least the, get the some return there. on investment for it. Is, is there a particular sector or a particular, I mean, who, who are the guilty parties here? Not, not guilty, they're not, who, who's making this mistake? Is, well, there, is there any way to... Yeah, I mean, the, the, the public sector is one of the biggest culprits which is quite alarming since it was a as public a sector initiative in the first place. As a taxpayer, you can. Um, you know, but we are now where my organisation are working with numerous government agencies that are, I think they've woke up and smelt the coffee, Martin, to be honest, they, they and they're using, it, they're the using it as yeah. a, a way to spend this money, so much so that they're actually recruiting apprenticeship levy managers to manage this pot and now have teams of folk that are looking at the different apprenticeship routes out there yeah. as a way of, number one, getting the best bang for their buck, but also navigating all of the different apprenticeships that are out there to yeah. put, you know, to put the best to resource. To match the training to Correct. the people here. Correct. So, so that money just disappears. Most of our businesses, listening, watching, most of our clients won't have three million pound p- bills. Is it worth just clarifying how it works for smaller business? Though? Yeah. So, to is read- it worth saying again? I mean, are the people they can put on the apprenticeships? Are there any differences between the courses that can be offered? The, the courses are exactly the same, whether you're a levy-paying organisation or whether, you you're, a, pay whether you're a smaller business. So your organisation, for example, yeah. you know, um, wouldn't be classed as a levy-payer, yeah. but you're making use of the apprenticeship programme. You've probably mm-hmm. got people on um, AAT accountancy apprenticeships Absolutely. or some sort of finance apprenticeship or business-specific. Yeah, that's what we do, but yeah. each apprenticeship, again, from accountancy to zoology and everything in between, has a value, it's called a tariff. Right. Yeah. If you're a levy payer, you can use all of your money in that pot to pay for that training. So it doesn't cost you any more than you've already spent. So so we, as a non-levy payer, have to pay we, a we, small we, we would say we want to do one of them. There's a cost, It's it. we contribute towards Correct. it. Correct. So the government, the government, pair, the, the, they, would have, they would just say, well, you're not getting, you're not getting any money towards it will offset the full cost against what you've Correct. already put in your pot. Couldn't have put any better. Basically, the, the, the levy payers have got a prepaid credit card. Yeah. Non-levy payers have to pay a small contribution towards the training, which is 5%. So the government meets the 95%, in which you know some courses are 10, 11, 15, 20,000 pounds. But for a very small contribution, you know, two, three, four, five hundred pounds, you can get the same level of training. Yeah that you know equates to somebody going to university and getting a formal degree if they're doing a, a management doing a apprenticeship or a level, higher level yeah. apprenticeship yeah. because there's so much to unpack here but but so it seems to me then that if you're a non-levy peer if you're one of most businesses most businesses are fairly small yeah they're the backbone of uh, you know of the private yeah, yeah, sector yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it's not, this is private and public, but small private business is the backbone of the economy. Is it, do you have any numbers or do you have any, even if it's just a good feeling on how many of those are even using in, you know, apprenticeships in any way? Nowhere near enough, put it that way. Especially if it's so heavily discounted. Yeah. Why would you not? I, I, could, yeah. I couldn't just plug a figure out of the air and it would be remiss of me no, no, to do no, so. But, but from the organisations that we talk to, Again, we're, we're a bit niche. We're, we're, yeah. It's not like we're delivering business administration training. Yeah, by and, example, and, you're, and you're not trying to. So, yeah, if but, I ask you a question, that's not, yeah. But if I, was, if I was a college and I was training builders and plumbers and apprentice joiners, there will be myriads and you know, hundreds of thousands of different employers out there that would be able to use this scheme that probably aren't. We've got, an age, we've got an ageing workforce. You think of the whole HGV scenario. Uh, you know, you can yeah. actually learn to drive a, a heavy goods vehicle as an apprentice. Oh, right. You know, which many organisations do. Is it is? Can, can, I presume you have to be sponsored by an employer to be you an do. apprentice. Yeah, you, yeah. You, I couldn't just go, oh, well, can I self-train and get a discount? Uh, no, yeah. I've got to be yeah. sponsored. So an apprenticeship is a formal, regulated government programme championed and basically administered by the Education and Skills Funding Agency, and right. Ofsted are involved in yeah. there, making sure that training the providers are quality, doing the right yeah. thing, exactly, managing quality. But th there are ways of ensuring that staff are trained to a minimum level as well, and that's one of the best uses of apprenticeships, to formalise and standardise and accredit the way that organisations operate. Now, if we are seeing ageing workforces, there's a lot of skills are dying out there. You know, the engineering type skills as well. So engineering is yeah. really big in apprenticeship world because, you know, one of the old stigmas of apprenticeships that, you know, you, I'm a time-served engineer. Yeah, that yeah. That phrase, time-served, came from being an apprentice. Yes. You know? Yeah, when you are no longer so an apprentice, there are certain, you There are certain sectors that really do embrace apprenticeships, but there are many that have really turned a blind eye to it that I think slowly but surely are actually coming along, and, and, and I use the phrase, you know, waking up and smelling the coffee again. Yeah, yeah. So, okay then, so we've got, on the smaller end, we can go out, we can, we, we might say we've got six plumbers, we're not a plumbing bit, but we've got six plumbers. Every one of our plumbers is gonna go through the same thing, whether they've just started or they're all there, because yeah. we want a standard approach, we want yeah. everyone to have the same level of skills. Mm -hmm. Their experiences will be different, but yeah. we can make sure that minimum level of quality of, of, of knowledge is mm -hmm. there for everyone. Plumbing's but, probably a bad example, though, because you'd expect that a plumber would be trained. I know, they're going to be gas yeah. safe. Yeah, but so, so terrible. But what, whatever we're doing, you, you might be in a hospitality and you might say, well, yeah. all of our branch managers to all have a certain level of management skills. Correct. Well, if you're a, you know, a five or six branch restaurant or food chain or something, you haven't got management training in your tool bank, probably. Mm -hmm. So it's a great way of making sure that everyone's on the same page. Correct. Yeah. And the quality of training that's available out there now has taken a huge upturn of late. In the, in the dark and distant past... Well, this is what training, I was going to say, yeah. because we've all done these... Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, got, the, I've got a, probably a shelf full of certificates from half-day courses from all kinds. What, to, can we talk about the training then, which is what yeah. you're going to do? Because so, again, the olden days, you could get an apprenticeship in almost anything. Well, in the old days, there were, you'd have heard you, they used the phrase NVQ. Yeah, and, yeah, and there was yeah. a slang term, you know, not very qualified. Which, not, which, I, um, I, never heard, I never heard that, but yeah. There, there were training providers out there that at, at one, you know, one time were, were, were delivering very, very, very poor quality training, Martin. You know, 
rack them high and they were doing it as a tick box they exercise to get Correct. people in, yeah. sign them off. Exactly. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, not being funny, but the, so I did an NVQ, so I'm not very qualified in business administration. <laughs> um, and to be fair, I remember one of the tutors would pretty much almost just finished people's work off. They didn't train you, they they basically accredited you. They, they taught you how to fill a file They assessed and, yeah. you against some competencies. You weren't being taught new skills. Yeah. So one of the, going back to the changes in the apprenticeship reform, is that Ofsted were heavily involved in weeding out underperforming training providers, right. making sure that they are delivering high quality, new knowledge, skills and behaviours. And that's basically underpins apprenticeships now that you have to be teaching new skills, new knowledge and new behaviours yeah. rather than regurgitating old stuff or reinventing the wheel. Right. And what kind of topics then? You've already said accountancy to zoology. There's, I mean, I mean there's, yeah, is, is there, there basically... Are, there are, at last count, I think I count, there were about 650 different apprenticeships. And who, who comes up with the content on these things? Yeah, where, where, where does the knowledge come So like, Who pulls together what an accountant yeah. needs to know? A group called a trailblazer group. So an example of a trailblazer group would be a sector a number of employers um, and they are basically forced together to come up with the Uber training program for their numerous different job functions. You mean Uber as in the, 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 the best? The, the premium, not, not Uber. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> as in the best. Because I prefer Deliveroo to Uber Eats, oh, so I'm honest with you. Well, yeah. um, so they are basically tasked with the art of the possible. If you were given a blank checkbook, what would you want your staff to be trained in? How would yeah. you want them to operate? What are the minimum levels of competency? So, so in the accountancy world, I would imagine the accountancy bodies were involved and they kind of went, well, look, the, the, we already have professional qualifications. Correct. We already have the curriculum. Correct. That's what we want so people to do. So the lead in that type of apprenticeship would have been HMRC. You know, Maybe, they, yeah, they, they yeah. would have been the lead in the trailblazer group and they will have Pulled in the relevant professionals from the body. Correct. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah. So, for example, in the apprenticeship, one of the apprenticeships that we offer in counter fraud investigation was led by HMRC and DWP, but they brought in banks, insurance companies, local authority, everybody that's struggling to manage the, yeah. the, the massively growing, you know, fraudulent activity that's going out there. And out of it fell a specialised training programme that we deliver. But whether it was in long line deep sea fishing or whether it was in you know, car maintenance, Yeah. the difference is, rather than one size fits all, the training now is specific to job functions. So, so you, cause you, you mentioned the business administration, which is literally what exactly I did been, many exactly years ago. It's been removed now, because yeah, it was it's so like, ambiguous. It's like, well, you could use that in almost any business, because it was just business and that thing. <laughs> Whereas yeah. now, if I'm in an accountancy room, say, well, do you want to do an accountancy thing? Correct. Or I'm a manager within front of desk. Well, there's something for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's tailored to the thing you want to do. Exactly that, Martin, yeah. And out of those trailblazer groups fell, you know, national trailblazer groups across hundreds of different industry sectors, logistics, um, you know, business, um, construction, engineering, hospitality, you yeah. name it, there's a trailblazer group for those different specialisms. And they are, they are, they meet, you know, on a regular basis to review. make sure that it's up to date. Exactly that. Yeah. So it's gone from being something that was quite ambiguous and wishy-washy in the, we'll call it the bad old days, the dark ages of So you could argue now someone, this idea of time served could almost come back into vogue then, couldn't it? If you're someone who's gone through a, a I don't know if modern apprenticeship is the way to say it, but a, a current apprenticeship, 
you'd almost know they've had. It's actually the badge of honour for some organisations now. Yeah. If you look at many job application forms, certainly within the public sector, they're looking for, have you got this programme? Because it's called a standard for a reason. Yeah. They're called apprenticeship standards because they are the standard that somebody should be working at. Whether they were brand new and trained to the standard or they're being upskilled to a standard. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the agencies we work with, it's mandatory. And in as much as if you haven't got it, you're going to do it as part of your job. If you, yeah, if they're recruiting and you've got it, you had a better chance of getting the job. 100%. If you haven't got it, we're putting you through. Yeah, way. because it yeah. is a way of, you know, I'm going to say outsourcing, but standardising the way that the training within that area of specialism operates. What, 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 what are you saying? So, so we've talked about the smaller end, the non-levy, and, and the missed opportunities. Mm -hmm. We've talked about the levied and the fact that a lot of the a lot of these organisations were paying in but not using it. Let's just assume, no, let's not assume anything. Why were they not using it then, Nick? Was it, because I presume I would imagine a lot of people would just put this on as like a payroll expense on the P&L, not realise they're paying for training. Yeah. It, like, exactly what, that. what excuses? Did it was, it was you lack. You sat with people and went, you realise you've got like a couple hundred grand there you haven't used. What, what, what? It's 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 quite scary from from my side and the team that I manage. We've got people that are, you know, they're, they're tasked with selling apprenticeships, offering them, but the, the, they've been paying into a levy and not using it. Exactly. And I was going to say is, colleges and universities are presumably paying in. And, yeah. and, right. Yeah. And we're talking some very large. I mean, up until eighteen months ago, we were dealing with a number of local authorities that didn't realise that they could use the levy to upskill and they were presuming if we're talking about an apprenticeship they've got to recruit a new bum on a new seat buy the seat and, and pay for the person's salary and it's no that's crazy that i mean i mean one of the what oh, does matter right it's because to me this sounds like a fantastic thing to ensure an upskilled workforce that somehow just hasn't hit the mark that people didn't know let's just assume people are going to get better at it what, what, what have you seen as like a good use of this then? Have you got any, any great examples of, well, yeah, you're paying in? Yeah, I mean, we've got some great examples within the, the, the numerous agencies that we work with. We've got local authorities, we've got banks, we've got insurance companies who, when we get involved, we do a skills matrix. So we look at their, you know, their current training and development requirements. And if you can offset that against money that they've got sitting in a pot, we mightn't be able to deliver all of the training that they need, but there but are other organisations out there and it's lit, yeah. a, lit a sort of a, lit a, a match under them and they've gone, why aren't we using this money? And it's a yeah. light bulb moment for Because there must be people out there who've been paying in for the last five years who are paying for training that they've already put the money aside for. Absolutely. As I said earlier, in the, you know, these financial difficulty periods that we're dealing with now, the first thing that goes training Training mm. budgets, certainly within the public new sector, recruits, training new budgets machinery, don't exist. Yeah, training. Other than the mandatory stuff that they have to do to ensure they can operate. Yeah, yeah, the, but the, if the, if the regulatory sign-off still exactly. has to happen. But, but if you know, if somebody came to a, an HR manager or a team leader or a you know a manager and said, "I want to go on a course. It's on intelligence or it's in counter fraud," they'd go, "Well, how much is it going to cost?" And there's no money in the pot. This yeah. is a way of ensuring they're getting return on investment and coming back to the desk with new knowledge, skills and behaviour that actually add value the minute they walk back into the room. Because yeah. that's the difference between an apprenticeship and training of old. Where training, they, have to they spend a couple of hours, they don't test whether you've sunk it, you, you could, I've listened to you for two hours and you get a certificate. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, you, you might not have 
picked up a yeah. thing. One of the other things to mention as well, Martin, about apprenticeships in the new world is the way that they are accredited and signed off. In the days when you did your NVQ, it was the training provider's own staff, a quality manager probably, that ticked it and went, yeah, that's fine, issue the certificate. Now, oh, well, well, this is what I was alluding to. They would almost fill the, they would go, you've nearly done. Tell you what I'll do, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll just finish it. It was, a, it was absolutely open they, You had to finish or they didn't get paid. Correct. So everyone finished. Even if yeah. it didn't. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was open to abuse and believe me, it was abused. Now there are independent third party awarding bodies called endpoint assessment organizations right. who do the testing stage at they the end. They sign off the file. So let's say up, yeah. you're being trained in being a mechanic, yeah? Or a, um, or a, a panel beater, for example. Each day, each week or each month, each day of the month when you go back for your training, yeah? You then have to go back to the workplace and put it into practice. Yeah. And you build a portfolio of evidence and you've got to be able to demonstrate what you're doing. Yeah. Then you have you then you, at the end you're tested against a number of competencies that the trailblazer group before wind it back, they decide We know this has worked if they can do that. Hundred percent. Right. Exactly. So that's another light bulb moment for them. And, and, and right. So let's say we're a you know, we, we, you know, we've got some clients who do some fairly high-level work, very, very skilled workforce, highly paid, very skilled workforces. Yep. They don't want panel beaten, obviously. Let's say, you know, I'm thinking of one client, they're in IT, probably a couple of hundred people work there, average wages, 50, 60, they're way into this. Yep. They are very much in the levy-paying category. What, what, what is the range of courses or what is the different levels? Because they, they won't want their people who are already highly educated and very skilled to get to learn a skill that's not going to add anything. So you can do, what's, I mean, what's the range? Apprenticeships you know, go the, right up to a level seven, which is a master's degree equivalent. So it's equivalent to master's, So you've right. got, I mean, my, my sister-in-law, for example, she works in, uh, for one of the, the Northeast local authorities. She would have had a degree in um, human resources, something like that, works in quite a senior role. She's recently done um, the CIPD Masters in Management, a Level 7 Management Apprenticeship. Right. And that was 100% paid. Which adds to anybody's CV, doesn't it? Exactly. Right. Now, the cost of her to do that alone, to go self-funded to university, I shouldn't think how much it would have been. Yeah. But her local, her employer, the local authority that she happens to work for, we will have funded have that yeah. at a cost of probably £27,000, £28,000, because she's bringing huge new knowledge skills and behaviors yeah. back to the workforce adds to staff retention etc 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 so even if you've got a highly skilled well-paid well-versed excellently performing highly productive workforce there's probably something you but can there will, there will be a an apprenticeship in a discipline that across your range of job functions and departments will fit in somewhere yeah. Now, granted the lower level ones wouldn't be of interest to somebody who's got a degree in IT and they're not going to do a level three or a level four IT related apprenticeship. So you talk about levels. Most people are old school money. Okay. Pre so level, le level, what, level what? two would be the equivalent of um, <coughs> A to C GCSE in five subjects. A level three would be the equivalent of two A levels. Right. A level four is a foundation degree equivalent. So think of it as an HND level. Right. A level five would be a degree. Yeah. And above that, you're talking masters categories. Right. right. Okay then. So you could do the A to C GCSE level, like like, like a level two. There are there are getting less and less yeah. kind of like yeah. in in, uh, in plumbing, 
whatever yeah. it could be, yeah. Yeah, right, okay then. So, it's not, yeah, so, so it, it's almost impossible to find a business who can't find well, an apprenticeship. Well, talking about your example, your, your example that you referenced there of a, you know, quite a Highly high skilled, net worth yeah. IT services provider, they might have staff that look at projects, they could, you could do a level six project manager apprenticeship. Yeah, you it know, may be an awesome programmer, but terrible at organising your day. Exactly. Yeah. So, so going back to the words knowledge, skills and behaviours, as long as you're not teaching an old dog new tricks, but that all falls out of the training provider's responsibility to ensure that they're using a skills matrix to make sure yes. that they're keeping Ofsted happy as well, that they're not just reinventing the wheel. And to be yeah. honest, nobody's going to commit to a an 18 month, two, three, four year apprenticeship unless they know they're going to get something out of it. Yeah. And some what, of these programs are two and three and four years long. What, what's, what's the minimum then? The, so minimum's tw- the minimum's 12 months and a week. Right. But the average is you know, between 15 and 24 months, depending right, okay. on the syllabus. And but the it can be much longer if you go over that level, yeah. level seven. Seven. So, I, I mean, I would imagine there's obviously obvious benefits to the employer here, not just on the skills they're now getting on the ground in their workforce, but if you're working somewhere where you know you are invested in, 100%. You're gonna ha- you must surely feel yeah. so the, more there special are, there are to some use sta- There are some stats out there. I, I'm not just going to pluck one out of the sky, but you know, a very high percentage of organisations that use apprenticeships see massive increases uh, in staff retention. Yeah. Organisations and their staff knowing that because you're, you're not going to leave halfway through a three-year high-level... Well, <laughs> if you're getting the right bum on the right seat to start with, if they're yeah. just churning numbers for the sake of burning through their apprenticeship money, that's wrong. But yeah. to be honest, the quality team within that training provider would have nipped that in the bud before we got to that stage. That's wasted there, yeah. Um, but if I was an employee and I knew that somebody was spending £20,000, £15,000 on my training, I would feel that I'm working from a great employer. Well, how could you not? Exactly. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, they now, don't, they now don't. obviously you go, yeah, but it just helps you make more money. Yeah, it does, but it makes you more valuable. Yeah. You are a more valuable We're person. We're seeing a lot more employers buy into the whole commitment element of an apprenticeship as well, Martin, because it's not just a turn up once a week and then BQ badge for your wall. There's off the job training. They've got to release them for a classroom session or they might have to yeah. go off to college or university one day a week or a month, whatever the syllabus is. Yeah. But the beauty of an apprenticeship nowadays is they have to come back and embed what they've learned in the day job. True, I use an true, example. Yeah. It's very much like being taught the highway code and never driving a car. That was training in the old days. Yeah. Now, after six months, they could be let loose on the M1 you know, in a bus and have to do an emergency stop. As part of the, like the testing, as, you well, mean? As, yeah, yeah, as part yeah. of the ongoing development. You know, they have, they're literally thrown in at the deep end because you can make those mistakes in a safe learning environment. Yeah. So they're practiced and taught and retrained to ensure that learning is taking place. Do you have any, or do you know any stats on how many apprenticeships have been undertaken then? I would imagine the numbers must be pretty high. They, they Des- are, but they despite are. Despite the waste. They, they are nowhere near what the government expected. Yeah. Um, hence the reason why it's quite um, it's quite political at the moment, and yeah. there are some you know government agendas to try and reinforce it's that organisations should it, be using the apprenticeship. It, feel, it feels quite ironic to me that it sounds like a lot of energy, a lot of time, a lot of forethought, a lot of highly skilled people, the relevant industry bodies, and all of these things. They all got together and come up with it all for them not to then tell their own industries to make sure they use the damn thing. Yeah. 
It is. It's, it's really strange, isn't yeah. it? So we're lucky in the accountancy world because as soon as this came around, we were like, oh, we can do ATs like this, ATT, all right. Why would we not? Yeah. It's a no-brainer. And all of the, there weren't that many trainers, so they kind of all went, oh, well, we're doing them as apprenticeships now. And, and that was a bit easier for us because there's probably only two or three large national trainers who yeah. can train these things. Yeah. Um, I would imagine in a more fragmented or a more regionally controlled or a thing where there's a lot more players, it, there was probably a lot of squabbling initially to get in. Well, there, were, there would have been. Source. Yeah. But it, you would think once they'd done that, they would go, right, we're going to make sure everyone knows about it. Yeah. It also sorts the, the men out from the boys when it comes to quality of training providers as well, because Ofsted immediately started parachuting in and inspecting, weeding out the poor training providers. Yeah. Um, the ones training providers, training yeah. providers now have to go through massive tender processes and basically putting their heads above the parapet to say why they're the provider that your organisation should choose to deliver your accountancy yeah. apprenticeships. Why us? Look at our quality ratings. Yeah. Look at our staff reviews. Look at our employer reviews. You know, it's a, it's a buyer's market when it comes to being an employer. It's a shame it, universities don't have similar kinds of things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because not all university courses are the same, are Correct. they? Correct. Okay, then. so what's the what's your part and comment here, then, Nick? It, I can probably guess a couple of them, but if I had to say to you, what's the one thing employers need to take away from this that they're not doing that they must start doing? Well, the first is the buzzword is you know apprenticeships aren't for school leavers, aren't just for school leavers. Right. It, does, it doesn't mean you need more bodies. Absolutely it's, it's not. Upskilling, not recruiting. Correct. Yeah. yeah. The second would be that look at the list. You know, go on to the apprenticeships website, just type apprenticeships into, into any search engine and you will see the multitudes of different apprenticeships that are available. Yeah. And if you think that you've got a skills gap, a shortage in that particular area, the website, the government's website is really good. I'm not just saying that, but it, it is really good that it allows you to find a training provider for that discipline yeah. and rank them. And you, right. then you've got to do a bit of due diligence. They'll have somebody who'll come out and talk to you and they'll do a full skills review of your staff. And if... Is that skills matrix, that review, kind of like built into the system or is that just what good it's, providers It's what do? good providers would do. They so Because you mentioned this quite interestingly, you said we do a full skills matrix where we might end up saying you need this, but we don't do it. Yeah. I presume not everyone's that honest, don't they? Well, there are providers who deliver lots and lots of apprenticeships. Also, they, they see, yeah. well, there's so, you know, Some of the colleges yeah. might deliver 50 apprenticeships. Of some of them might deliver a lot more. There are also very niche providers like us. I mean, we deliver a handful of programs, but do them very well. Yeah. You're, um, you're not going to get into panel beating. Correct. You're not interested. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll leave that to other people. But a good provider would have links to other areas of specialism that you can say, I've just spoken to company X and they are looking for a provider of Y and right. you're, helping, you're helping the industry out. So, so, so it's not just for recruiting, it's for upskilling, get on the website, see what there is. Absolutely, yeah. And, and if you're paying in, well, use More it. importantly, speak to, if you're, um, if you're an L&D manager, no, if you're a departmental manager, and you know you've got a training need within your department, go and speak to your finance team, because you may not know that your organization is already paying into a levy. You could be a levy paying organization. There are loads within Northeast England. And you're working as a manager of a department thinking, I wish I had some money for training. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, we're assuming that, you know, 
it's only the FD or the MD who'd there, be there involved are, in this. There but are L&D managers. Anyone can knock on a door and go, Absolutely. have we got any money in this thing? Or? There are, as I mentioned earlier, Martin, there are large organisations that have a levy team, a levy manager, Make and sure they, they are crying out. They would, be, they would be falling over themselves if somebody knocked on the door and said, I found this training programme for six of me staff. It's £15,000 a person. Have we got any money to spend it? They'll go, hallelujah, where have you been? Because they're, they're, they're sick of sending memos and emails around saying, because their job is their yeah. job is to get the best return on that £50,000, £100,000 that they're spending every month. And actually, there's probably a, a good bit of um, good tip there because at the smaller end, employers will only send someone or sign up for an apprenticeship if they, if they can see an obvious return on that there's probably a risk at the larger end that they're using it just because they have to. And I suppose there's a, there's a thing there about making sure, well, yeah, we could just train everyone to be a level seven manager, but not everyone's, that's not gonna be the best thing for the business. Correct. Or the yeah. organization. A, a lot of those people wouldn't be able to take that step up to be a level seven manager as well. And that's down to good background, you know, work from the training provider that you're yeah. not putting square pegs in round holes because after that will be breathing right down your neck. That's so. what I mean. Don't just think, well, we've paid in, we've got to use it uh, quick. Everyone can learn how the to apprenticeship do. Le people should be using the apprenticeship levy for the right reasons, not just to spend money that they've lost, yeah. but to ensure that they are tackling their own individual the skills and deficits within their skills, things. Yeah. Skills gaps, yeah. yeah. Okay then. And there was two billion quid missed last year. Yeah. Which Alarming. can you even imagine how many people that would have upskilled? Correct. I mean, like a staggering number of people yeah. have not had upskilling during a time where the job market's yeah. volatile. It's just, yeah. yeah, that would have been it. Yeah. yeah, and bear in mind all apprenticeships include, you know, functional skills, English, maths, IT if needed. Was oh, it worth briefly covering that? Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. Because we could take someone on and say, right, we wanna, we're going to, I'll use the plumber, but it's a terrible example. We want them to do this built into it is the need that they've got yeah. those basic. So if somebody didn't leave school with English and maths at the equivalent of A to C in old money, it's basically at the equivalent of level two. For the yeah. majority of the programs, level three and above, you need to have English and maths at level two, or some cases IT, if it's a more Depending techie apprenticeship. Yeah. So embedded in the delivery of the apprenticeship, the course syllabus, Training providers also have to deliver additional English and maths or ICT training as part of the programme to ensure consistency. So, so, so interestingly, there might be people out there saying, I would love to put young Dave on this, but he can barely read and write. It doesn't matter. He'll, well, yeah, I mean, that, he's not going to teach him how to read and write, but yeah. it'll, it'll polish him up a bit and make well, him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a great way, if you think from a government strategy perspective, ensuring consistency in English and maths. Yeah. Because there were people that left school 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago that the system might have failed them, yeah. to be honest. And yeah. I, I, I kind of fell into that category, you know. Um, there wasn't as much of an impetus on English and maths as there was now. I mean, Rishi Sunak's now going out publicly and saying that people should be doing maths till they're 18. Yeah. Uh, personally, I agree with that because what, why you, wouldn't maths? Useful maths, yeah. yeah. Uh, calculus, most people yeah, wouldn't. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. leave Pythagoras' theorem for a Le Learning day. how to do basic budget and forecasting, financing, how right. a mortgage works. Yeah. I, yeah. I've struggled yet to find now. a good. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I, I, I can't think of a single good reason why you wouldn't want well, people to have no running a household budget, running Correct. a departmental no budget. No organisation yeah. we're working with 
has an issue with the additional functional skills English and maths because why would it be a bad thing that your staff are trained to a minimum level a consistent approach on English and maths? Yeah, why would you not want that? Yeah. You know, so that's actually one of the big benefits to come out of apprenticeships as well. You know, the, the requirement for functional skills, we'll call yeah. it, because it encompasses English, maths and ICT if the programme demands it. Yeah, it's good. Good. All right. Well, Nick, that's been fantastic. Thank you very Excellent. much. Thank you very much. I hope you all found that interesting. There's two billion quid there. Get on it. If you're not a levy payer, you're not missing two million quid, but you might be overpaying on your training if you're not using apprenticeships. Thank you very much, Nick. Thank you.